Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and I'm with Jason Medberry, and you're listening to the Power of Purpose podcast, and this is where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. Um, hey, Jason, good to see you again. <laughs> uh, it's it's going. The world is opening up as as we do this. We've we've been in um, COVID. <laughs> And I just got a gig for Vegas. Um, this is a gig, you know, uh, those of you listening, I have, uh, I speak on humor, right? Which is basically, I took my stand-up class, added a message to it, and quadrupled my income. Because that's what having a message does. And this is for called Association of Surgical Technologists. And I love it because, the, and, and I'm their opening keynote speaker. I love that. I love comedy at 8 a.m. to very serious people because it doesn't take a lot to rock the room, right? It just, you just do a little kind of off color, little tiny thing because, you know, you got to be careful with HR. But they go, oh, this is going to be different. Okay. Yep. And you okay. also get to set the tone for their whole event because you're the first thing they see. You know, you go out there and oh. and and you get to establish what the rest of that event is going to be like. Yeah, you know, you always think you want to be the closing keynote speaker and mm -hmm. go, you know, I want to end it because it's like I'm the headliner. No, after four days of meetings, they want to get the F out of there, yeah. right? And They're just and waiting for you to end. <laughs> please, be done, be done, be done. Because a lot of them, they have to go to these things to keep up their professional credits, the CEU mm. -E credits. It's really bad when you, you're such a bad speller, you can't even spell an acronym. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's what it's like. And, 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 you know, I talk to a lot of people um, who go, wow, I really want to do what you do, Judy. I, you know, I'm not doing well as a stand-up. I mean, I'm funny, but I'm, I'm killing open mics, but not enough to support my family, not enough to buy a house, not enough, yeah. to, you know. And how do I get into speaking? And, and I talk to them about uh, how to have a message. And mm -hmm. I, we've talked a lot about messaging in this podcast. And also, if you go to themessageofyou.com, mm -hmm. you can watch a free webinar that I created just to show you how really quickly you can find your message and have it uh, something that resonates gets gets you work. But yeah, today, and pitch yourself with that with that message. Which yeah, is, which is pitch awesome. yourself. You know, because like, it's not just about having the message; it's being able to tell someone, "Hey, I've got this great message. Let me sum it up for you really quick." And how you know, here's a great way that you can use that to improve whatever it is that that, that you know you're trying to. Yeah, do. that's yeah. Because like, if you have a secret message, no no one's going to care. But if you have right. a message that you can pitch. Then, then you've got some some bullets in your gun at that point. You know, Jason, you're so right. It's so much easier writing a 60 minute speech than the one minute pitch, don't oh, you think? Absolutely. Well, that's I, I, who is it? Uh, is it uh, the old Winston Churchill or the Woodrow Wilson thing about the you know if you give me you know if you need me to speak for 15 minutes, I need three months to prepare. If you need me to speak for an hour, I need uh, three weeks to prepare. If you need me to speak uh, for six hours, I can start right now. You yes. know, <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it's, it's, 
the longer time, the more time you have to, you know, explain and express and get your stuff out there. Yeah, that's easier to do. But a pitch, especially an elevator pitch, a tight pitch, a pitch where you don't have a lot of time and sometimes not even a lot of interest. Those are some of the hardest things to create. Right. And the pitch that that, that doesn't sound rehearsed, like people yes. go, I'm going to get all together and I got every word together. And then like, oh, I'm a robo speaker. I have like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because if you don't do the one minute well and go, whoa, oh, we have to hire you or like, mm-hmm. hey, what's your book about? Bam. Um, oh, I've got to get it. If you're not getting uh, any of those reactions, go to themessageofyou.com and just uh, take a look at that at that uh, webinar because it yeah. shows you exactly how to do it. Um, but I, I want to really talk today about um, something that that people have. And I, I get this because, you know, I've been on Clubhouse a lot, which mm-hmm. has been awesome. We, we talked about yeah. that. In a, in, and in if you're a new one. listener based on Clubhouse, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I know Clubhouse is a lot more conversational and this is a little bit more just kind of like direct information. But if you're from Clubhouse, welcome aboard. We're Love you Clubhouse. I yeah. can do it like totally looking really bad because it's just audio <laughs> i don't have to you know put on makeup i don't have to do anything kind of like this podcast where yep. i'm sitting here looking like shit so uh <laughs> but i want to talk about this what i've been hearing um on on clubhouse and um every tuesday now i'm doing my insta live yep right which it ends up it's been really fun um but but people have a psychological block and mm. we've talked about this before it's called imposter syndrome oh yeah right it's a tough Be- one. Mm-hmm. and i think what it is is like god i want to do that i want to speak i want to make money i want to do this i want to do that and it's like you work hard and you get a gig and then it's like oh shit I, there you know this fear that comes up of mm. i'm going to be discovered that yeah. i I mean, why me? Who am yeah. I to speak to yeah. these people? Who am They're I? They're gonna find out I'm a fraud. They're gonna find out I'm a fraud. What do I'm I do if they find out that I'm a fraud? Oh no! And then that creates a lot of its own problems, right? Oh, yeah. Because then um, sometimes people do, you know, really up the bluster. Right. Is that the right word? You know, where they're I'm going to be. I am so confident that I am, you know, I'm going to speak with such confidence. And you just look like an a-hole. Right. Because (laughs) because overcompensating, obviously, for the fact that they don't. They truly believe that they are an imposter, so they're going to overcompensate for it. And now they really look like an imposter because it's like, well, that didn't seem natural at all. Yeah, they look arrogant, right? Yeah. Then they look arrogant. Mm-hmm. Or I saw, I've saw some speakers who are so worried about how they speak, like mispronouncing a word. Or, mm-hmm. And this one speaker was like, he, he would go like, so when I speak, the important thing is listening. You oh, know, it's yeah. just like so fakey. It's like, yeah. oh my God. They do that pre planned cadence to make things sound, you know, I'm going to give emphasis here. <laughs> That's the old John Lovitz joke. Where it's a, I'm an actor, but I'm not acting now. <laughs> you, know, you know, John Lovitz was one of my students. 
Was he really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I love Any, that guy. Anyway, um, then the hands. Oh, I love mm. the thing with speakers with the hands. Yeah. Who, you know that thing that people can't see this, but you know where you put your two, all your fingers from your right hand to match your fingers on your left yeah. hand like a spider on a mirror? Yeah, you're doing the Mr. Burns thing from The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, I like, just, like. It looks like you're you're a villain from a Bond movie plotting a, <laughs> you know, some sort of. Some sort of master plan, right? And they're just they're just frozen there. And mm-hmm. I've seen this now on commercials on TV, where it's like, I mean, I didn't get the memo. It's like, put your hand, don't move your hands, yeah. you know, don't wave or gesticulate because, and it's like, I, it's like, oh my god. And I do think this is all the result, all these artificial things that that. Um, People do when they perform, Mm -hmm. whatever you perform, whether, you know, I mean, and it's not even performing. It's, I think it's really causes procrastination writing your book. Oh, I want to write my memoir. I want to, or starting a business, you know, who's going to buy anything from me there when they find out, you know, I've never done this before. Why would they ever buy this from me? Who would ever give me money for my uh, expertise or my profession because they've never done it before. You know, oh, and that, then that creates gets another problem, yeah. right? It's like mm-hmm. I better hire a lot of experts, yeah, <laughs> right? And they because they don't go deep dive into their own, like what what is my branding? You mm-hmm. know, who am I? I mean, yes, I'm not putting down coaching. I do a lot of it, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that I coach a lot of people. And some of them uh, ghost me yeah. because I'm asking them a couple questions. And I think they feel the answer to these questions is Judy's going to find out that I'm not good enough, that I'm a fraud. Yeah. And I have a big secret to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. We all feel that way. Every single professional, the most Take the take any person that you admire most in this world, whether it's a headlining comic, you know, a, a captain of industry, whether it's a, a movie star or a celebrated a writer, I think a former them, president a for- <laughs> and a current president, probably they all feel like frauds at some point, you know, and and especially early on in their careers, I'm sure they're up there going. Boy, I hope they buy this. <laughs> I hope they go. I hope they go along with me. Um, but there's, I mean, it, it's a very natural thing. So it is very natural. And so the number one thing is, you are not alone in this. If you are yeah. out there going, I am preventing from taking the next step because I feel like people won't, you know, won't believe me, won't trust me, will figure out I'm a fraud and hate me forever and come to my house and burn it down or whatever, whatever irrational fear you have. Every single person you admire, every single person who you have looked to to go, I want to do that too, has felt that exact same thing. You know, it seems like this would be a point where we would have done some research and come up with some quotes of people who feel that way. Yeah. That would have been good. You know, I just... Research? What the hell do you think this is, Judy? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it... it, it it is it is so true it's mm-hmm. a lot of people i i guess in the book what got you here won't get you there it was yes. an interesting book written yeah. 
by a guy who coaches high-end CEOs mm. who've gotten very, very successful. And what he finds out is that because they really don't know why they got so successful. Like mm. they don't, like it's, how, why them and not somebody else? Mm -hmm. And there's a kind of magical, mystical, or call it luck, yeah. or something that seemed to have lined up that they ended up being, as my grandmother would say, a big macher. Yeah. That's, that's a big shot in yeah. Yiddish. Okay. So what, what he says in his book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, is that because of that and their insecurity and their imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. they won't change anything. Because, you know, um, and they're very superstitious. Like, 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 this something good happened at this time, well then this time I always need to be available for this. Or, uh, I, you know, like, um, I, I did a thing where like one time I really killed, really killed and I had when I had eaten a hamburger at 4 p.m. that day mm. for an 8 p.m. and I went, well, every time before I have to eat yeah. a hamburger at 4 p.m. Because, because there's this uncertainty of why things are going well and that imposter syndrome kicks in. So and what's that? I think there's a, that Tony Robbins stays where he says, you know, people, when they feel success, they get suspicious and they get superstitious. And because they don't trust in themselves. So, oh, it must be these socks. Oh, it must be this. Oh, I oh, I woke up this morning and, and trip. So every morning I wake up and trip is a day I'm going to do well. You know, they start applying all these like almost supernatural elements to their oh, success. Oh, yeah. Do you instead know my of just believing that, oh, yeah, no, I have value to bring to people. That I have value. Yes. Mm. I mean, I, this is what I do when I have a gig. Mm. And, you know, it's really hard for me because I go like, you know, I don't have a business degree. And very often I am talking in front of, um, you know, Fortune 500 companies. I'm talking to senior management. I don't have an MBA. I've never yeah. been to business school. And um, and I'm going to talk about how, how, how to deal with this in, in a moment. But, you know... The, the thing is about it is that first know that if you're a speaker and your insecurities come from a place of what I call a mess in your life, right? They mm -hmm. come from a place where you didn't feel very significant, where you didn't feel like people see you. Like, and, and, and what the case is, is that everything that you speak about in your message is usually what you need to learn. So mm. that bears repeating. Everything you speak about is what you need to learn. Mm. So I speak on humor, adding humor, um, you know, de-stressing. Stress is a laughing matter. I am one of the most stressed out people you could you could you can imagine. <laughs> I have terrible anxiety. Mm. And I have bouts of that. It's getting better late later in life, I have to say that, but I'm a little superstitious. I don't like talking about it. Mm. But you know, I do have to carry around medication in case I have an anxiety attack because it 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 
it makes me that I can't breathe. I'm laying on the floor shaking. And and there I was before one gig where that did happen. Mm-hmm. And here I have to go on stage and talk about laugh your way out of stress. Do you know, so when I am speaking very often, I am speaking to myself. Mm-hmm. Or like we talked about this before, like James Earl Jones, a man who makes a living on his voice mm-hmm. has a stutter and really yep. and he didn't even speak until he was eight and found a mentor who could guide him and help him to speak mm-hmm. and the list goes on and on and on of people who had a disaster of some sort in their life uh, I worked with an accountant and her message was was helping people um, re- re- prepare for retirement, right? Women. She wanted to help women. And when go into her life, we find out her mother, when her father died, became homeless because she didn't no. know how to deal with finances. Mm-hmm. And it is just that little person ourselves, that little boy, that little girl, that little person, little they, them, whatever your pronoun are, is, mm-hmm. um, where we say to ourselves, when disaster happens in our childhood, um, and it always happens. There's always a break of trust of, 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 of something that happens. There's always some bullying. There's always something that you feel really inadequate with. And there's a little voice that says, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this ever again. Mm. And it's that kind of commitment that, that drives us. Mm. D- does that make sense, Jason? It's like, Absolutely. It's, it's like that is that feeling of inadequacy is actually the fuel we put in to our career to make it move forward and progress. Absolutely. And it comes through in our personal lives as well. It comes through in how we, you know, especially as we get older and we start having more control over how we live our lives, we start those little fears, those little incidents that have uh, occurred in the past begin to affect how we decide like where we're going to live the people we're going to have relationships with yes they're motivating us. us yeah everything is going to be motivated um now before i go in case i take us too far off topic i would like to share an imposter syndrome story oh go I ahead think is, go ahead it's pretty relevant and actually kind of funny um so when i first started doing uh, a lot of uh video production stuff with my company where i was going out on my own to shoot events and shoot things and all sorts of stuff I, you know, I came up in business in the more kind of standard kind of practice stuff where it's like, you know, everybody wore a certain outfit. I I worked in the hotel business for a while and, you know, that's all about deportment. You know, how do you look? How do you, you know, every hair is cut and your suit is this and this is thing and you talk this way and you do this because that's what people expect. That's what stuff. And I carried that over. And also my business partner uh, for my company he carried that over too. Oh, you know, you got to dress like this and you got to have this thing on and you got, you know, and they won't take you seriously unless you know about this and all, you know, all this layered of stuff happening. So the years go by, I'm shooting events, I'm doing stuff. And, you know, some of the events are good, some are bad, whatever the case. But I soon, because of uh, some friends of mine, got into shooting events for high performance coaching, you know, business coaching, real estate, law firms, that kind of stuff. I did stuff for Goldman Sachs. And for the first time, I got invited out to this super swanky hotel. 
and and it's like we're doing this event at this gorgeous property it's like you know it's almost like a private kind of place where you know only like millionaires and rich people go and i was kind of terrified because i was you know i'm thinking to myself like do i have to wear nice clothes while i shoot like oh you know if i sit down to dinner will i not know which fork to use like uh, you know, I, I was i was really freaking out and so i fly there i you know i load up all my gear i get to the resort i come inside to this you know this you know five star a plus gorgeous place and i walk in and every person in that place looked friggin' homeless. I was like, am I in the wrong place? Why does everyone here look like a schlub? Why is every single thing? And then we go to the event, and this this is a room full of high-performing millionaire coaches and consultants, people who, you know, who train with, uh, you know, top-level CEOs and, like, just cream of the crop. And everyone in there looks like garbage. <laughs> I mean, they just... And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second. And then I go to dinner with them and they're not eating like, I, you know, I'm expecting everyone to be like five course meal and we're all in suit and tie. No, none of that stuff exists. None of it. Everyone's eating burgers and just sitting. There's a guy in there in shorts and flip flops. And I'm like, oh, wait, but no one seems to care. And I'm talking with more and more of these people. And one day I will write a memoir called Dinner with Millionaires because I, I've had... I've learned more by just sitting down and eating with people yeah. who are wealthy. And, and it and comes from it comes from I think that 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 voice that says, "I am not a successful person. I yep. don't belong here." And they're going to see that. So and I they're going to see that. And and so I should. And after sitting down with these people and talking with them, I realized that first of all, when you're successful, you don't dress to impress anybody. You don't give a shit what anyone thinks when they look at you. You don't care. You know, you're, you're successful. You don't, you know, so when they see people who don't care about that stuff, but also show up when it's time to, to deliver the value, to deliver the goods, that's one thing. But all the other times, no, all that stuff, they throw all that crap right out the window. And it's usually the lowest performing people, the people who don't have a lot of value, the people who don't bring a lot to the table, the people who don't actually create transformation or, or make things better. Those are the people who rely and teach that kind of stuff of, oh, you got to wear the sharp suit and you got to have your shoes shined and you got to talk this way and you got to say this and you got to be, you know, you got to watch soccer. You got to be anything. Thing but you exactly you got to so be that's, something that's else what they're you. saying I just and, want... and, and, yeah, and, and in reality the truth is the people who deliver they are the most authentic version of themselves and that may be swim trunks and a tank top and a five-star restaurant eating shrimp with your fingers you know yeah. <laughs> like that's what it may be um, there is no rules to success and when you demonstrate and you have your confidence behind you, it all that other stuff goes right out the window. All that, uh, not worrying about what other people think. Exactly. Well, meanwhile, while the rest of us are very worried about other what other people think, with this imposter syndrome, um, I think that's such a good point that you gave about how that when, when you are successful, um, they don't have a need to fit in, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like they are. So, they know their value. They know their values and and they don't need to they don't need to to put on airs in order to convince people otherwise. Yes. And so what what we're talking about is in this imposter syndrome is to first know that um, um, you are not alone, that mm -hmm. that that people 
people do have it, right? Yep. Successful people have it. Yep. Everyone and, has it. And, and that it actually, we're going to shift the way we look at it because if you didn't have it, you wouldn't have motivation. You wouldn't want to be something better. Yep. And, it's and a driving that, force. And, and it becomes a driving force. And lastly, I would just like to talk about that to come out about it, you know, to come out. And I had such a worry when I spoke to CEOs and, you know, and who was I? Mm -hmm. I decided to say it on stage and an amazing thing happened. So I said to them, you know, I, I can see some of you might be thinking, why are we listening to her? a former stand-up comic, why couldn't they hire someone who really knows what they're talking about, like a, like a government consultant? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they all laughed. And in that laughter, that concern left. So I got mm -hmm. a laugh, and it, to me, it felt like the elephant in the room. Now, whether it was the elephant in the room, I don't know. Mm. But, but because it was for me and because I'm the speaker, it existed. Mm. So I needed to bring it out of you know, the background into the foreground and, um, and, and, and say it. Mm -hmm. and, and I gotta tell you, that was such a lesson because mm. not only do our insecurities uh, you know, give us motivation, propel us, but they're funny. You know, they're funny. They can be funny because, I mean, they. I mean, we, we used to be able to point to Woody Allen. Now his, um, it's very murky <laughs> with all the yeah. uh, salacious <laughs> details of, of his personal life. But, you know, he made an entire career out of you know ner being neurotic and yeah. anxiety. So I mean, and and certainly those of us in comedy are. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if. I, I've never met a confident comic. You know, oh, maybe yeah. confident, appearing confident on stage, yeah. but we really don't know if people are going to laugh or not. And, yeah. and you, know. or you'll find someone who's confident in their work, but they're not confident in anything else in their life. You right. Know. Right. Okay. So, so I just wanted to say to you people, listen, I get it. I totally get it. I'm not worthy. Who am I to do this? I get it. When I do free gigs, I do great. When they pay me larger sums of money they, they pay me, the more anxiety I have, the more self-loathing I have. Well, I'm not worth this. I mean, what am I doing that's worth this much money? Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I know you're probably thinking, oh, Judy, I should have such problems. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but I hope you do have these problems. And so just know that uh, that voice that's telling you you're no good, um, it's always going to be there. And what you can do is, you know, it's like an inner heckler, I guess, is bring it to light. Let it talk, you know, answer it. Yeah. play with it see try and look at it in a different light that maybe that voice has given you value maybe that voice has propelled you to be something better than how you entered this earth so you know what love it right 
Take your self-loathing, hold it, embrace it. For your special gift, go to themessageofyou.com. That's themessageofyou.com and get your free one-year subscription to the Message of You University, which is full of lessons to help you find your message and turn it into a book, a TED Talk, or a paid speaking career. That's themessageofyou.com.